better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. Boy, you've got a friend in me. Hello everyone and welcome to the Real Science Podcast, a podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and they pick apart the science. My name's Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Carson. <laughs> I'm Michael Pace. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This week we're going to be talking about Toy Story 4 and what we hope to expect from the new movie. Who would like to go first? That's actually that's a really good idea. So if you were if you recall at the end of Toy Story three, they were all about to get killed in a furnace. Yes, I believe that was the very end. Right. And so what I was hoping that we could then do in Toy Story four is we could then journey to the very depths of 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 toy hell. Oh, okay. where all the toys go that that no that none of the right. kids want to play with. Sort of like so, a sequel to the Bill and Ted adventure that's that's what you're talking about like a bill and ted too yeah 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 absolutely and down there you have like all of the you know the x's the x x x sketches and the rubik's cubes and um you know all of the the old tinker toys that all the kids from the 90s were like wow fuck this the weebles wobbled but they have an ipad now yeah, and some might say, "Oh no, Pace, isn't that the Land for Misfit Toys?" No, the Land for Misfit Toys is a happy place from the movie from the root from the Red Nose from the Rudolph, deer movie. the Rudolph Red Nose movie. That's right. Yeah. Plus, that's Christmas and themed. It, yeah. Yeah, and anything Christmas themed is definitely happy. Sean, I'm just kind of, I'm just hoping maybe we, um, I don't know. I mean, like maybe we just get more toys in there. You mean like just add some more toys? Yeah. Like, what if there were two Woodies? You know. Ooh, oh, I like that. Yeah, they were. Oh, so just... you're taking this movie in, and so you don't like my toy hell idea. You're taking this in a new. No, no, no. I mean, no, no. I mean they can, can be in toy hell. Like, there's yeah. just got to be two Woodies. You know, like, oh wait, hold on, okay. hold on. All right, Woody goes to hell and finds the original Woody. Oh, that's the first in toy Woody. hell. The first oh, Woody. Oh no! Turns out the he's he's just a replicant. <laughs> he's a replicant Woody. Oh shit! I do want to say that uh, Tom Hanks has a brother. Um, named Larry Hanks, um, who uh, works at the Department of Entomology at the University of Illinois as an entom- uh, an entomologist and professor. I think if we got Larry Hanks to play Woody Two or or Woody Prime, that would be our best bet. <laughs> Woody Prime. <laughs> Woody Prime. Does he have like a Woody Terminator Prime. style, like glowing red eye and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's like, he spent so much time in hell. the future to kill Andy. <laughs> and and then we realize the entire time in the current Toy Story universe, we've been dealing with his arch nemesis, like Me- Mega Woody or Woody Tron. Woody Tron. Woody Tron. Yeah, yeah. Would it would a Tron would a Tron do this? Would a Tron do that? Mm. I don't know, but Woody but Woody definitely would Tron. Right. Yeah, then we send I in think. Jim Allen to take care of him, take him out. Mm-hmm. Because he escaped. Jim Allen. Yeah, Jim Allen. Because he's well, now, Buzz yeah, yeah. Buzz One. Well yeah, I was gonna yes. say Yes. I it's the, so there would have to be a Buzz Lightyear Prime, right? Like there'd have to be a Buzz Prime. 
Buzz Prime. Yeah, it's it's voiced by Jim Allen. The Prime Lightyear. Yeah. Wait, I why would the, it be somebody? Prime... Okay, all right. I'll take, I'll take that. <laughs> so Jim the Allen is actually an impress- a celebrity impressionist, so he can just do a perfect Tim Allen voice. Oh, okay. So that's no, that's perfect. I really. <laughs> it's just like a that. weird coincidence that his name is Jim Allen. He also does like Scarlett Johansson and right, right, like right, right. you know Larry the Cable Guy and all sort of things like that. He does every other character in Toy Story Four. <laughs> yeah, Larry the Cable Guy is a celebrity. Well, he's notable, I guess. People know who he is. <laughs> now, what if Larry the Cable Guy was in Toy Story Four? Well, he was in the, he was in Cars. He has done Pixar before. He was he was Mater. Okay, so as in like Tuh, Mater. So obviously, okay, well, at the end of Planes, when uh, Mater dies, he goes to hell. So okay. I think Mater Toy Hell, yes, as played by uh, Larry the Cable Guy, probably leads the toys right. through right. hell in order to meet Woody Prime and Buzz Prime. Okay, what if the entire yeah. time we just get like a mm. Who Framed Roger Rabbit style scenario and oh. it's just toys in hell with Larry the Cable Guy. With a live action with a Larry live the Cable action Guy. live action yes. Larith the yes. Cable Man. Oh my God. And, and he's, he is their Moses. He's, 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 cross, he's helping them cross the river of flame. And then we realize that the devil is just Buzz Lightyear and Woody morphed together. <laughs> Into some weird being of th- this this Buzz this this Woody Lightyear creature that has been the antagonist to all of toys as far as we've known in existence. I've realized I've made a clerical error here. I've made a major <laughs> error. Oh, what's wrong? And what I did is I yes ended your ridiculous Toy Story four thing, and now people have all stopped listening to the show. I want you. They, did. they I think want we're you to all know that right I, now. In order to try and take this further, I googled. I was going to Google why is Larry the Cable Guy in hell to kind of get like uh, inspiration. But what I ended up with, I stopped because two, uh, several people before me have Googled the top search is why is Larry the Cable Guy famous? Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> which, makes sense. Which Pace like, legitimately just asked us. He did. The, the second yeah. one is why is Larry the Cable Guy named that? So at some point, someone figured out that Larry is indeed not a cable guy. Yeah, like it's it's just a persona that he's put Wait, on. This for is the news past to me. Two decades. Yeah, he does not know anything about cables. He doesn't know anything about cables. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Right. So he's just Larry the guy. He's just. <laughs> he's just. Wouldn't he just be Larry? <laughs> no, he's. He's also. It can be he's any still Larry. Larry the guy. He's the guy. Okay, so you're you're roping me in again, Kenan. You're pulling me back into your fucking crucible, and I need you to. I need you to focus on the movie we actually watched this. Well, yeah, so well, let's, hold let's on do now. our show that we do. Hold on now, Sean, because what what you have just gone through, what Pace and I have done to you is we've gone into your mind and we have incepted the idea of Toy Story 4, Welcome <sighs> to yes, Hell. in Toy Hell! <laughs> into your body. Take me to Toy Hell, Daddy. Which is which has Take a me. lot to do with what we, what we uh, the movie that we did just watch, which is Inception. Yeah, because uh, fucking Woody was there with Jim <laughs> Allen, and they were dreaming about Larry the Cable Guy. Right, and they that's had right. to in Toy Hell. They had to fight and kill Woody Prime and Buzz Prime. Yes, that's exactly what happened in the movie that's Inception, right. the blockbuster film Inception. <laughs> that is what happened, Kenan. Perfect. Leonardo DiCaprio has to defeat Woody Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Well, now now we don't have to do a plot summary, but uh, Pace, we probably still have to do our disclaimers if you want to do those. Yeah, I think so. Okay. We're a podcast, in case it hasn't been apparent to you up to this point, which is completely understandable. We're a podcast where we cover the science in movies, and um, we're going to get really technical with some of the science 
in the movies to tell you whether or not it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And then after that, and during it, we're probably going to say a few curse words. So put the kids into their cribs. Um, unless this is this is a, an X-rated program, folks. We're here to give you the goods. And then after we give you the goods, we're going to put you to bed, too. So mm-hmm. you can look forward to that. We're going to tuck you right in. <laughs> Once again, Pace. Started off real strong. Then a lot Thanks. of challenging concepts introduced during the disclaimers. We maybe we should, Kenan, maybe we should start doing a disclaimer for Pace's disclaimers. We're like, <laughs> okay. hey, Pace is gonna say a lot of whack shit in a minute, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but the first half is very important. <laughs> I actually really like that. Pace, thank you for your disclaimers. I'm sorry you ragged on them. <laughs> Let's no, talk about the movie Inception. Okay. I'm ready. Let's roll to see who's gonna give a nice plot summary of this film. Who did the last one? I, th- I did. Thank you. Oh. Wait, did you? Did you? I did. What was the last one? Repo Man? Yes. Um, well, okay. <laughs> okay what was the one right. The Matrix? Yeah. The that Matrix. sounds right. Okay. No. Yeah. No, no, no. It was, um, no, it was Elysium. And I did Elysium. You did okay. do Elysium. True, true, That's true, right. True, true, true. Okay. Well, well I'm glad yeah, we yeah. know everything about our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to need you to tell me first because you always make me tell you first. Wait, Why? Because because you always make me tell you first. That's why I got a five. You cheat, baby. Cannon. You got a five. Oh, mm-hmm. I got a twelve. Damn. I, I, I honestly mean, every single time I low roll, especially against you, I think you're. I'll be like, I got a two, and I expect you to come back with like, I got a one point five. <laughs> one point well, five. Kenan, the highest person does it, so you're still not doing the it. Secret number. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. He, he's expecting okay, me to right, roll like right. it's teetering between one and two. <laughs> yes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Right. Okay, Sean, tell us what happened in this movie. Take it away, All my right. boy. This movie's fucking buck wild, guys. So <laughs> let me pull in. Strap in. All right, hold let on. Me let me get my seatbelt on. Yeah, get let me, your seat Let me on. just buckle real quick. And uh, While you guys strap in, I'm going to pull up the IMDb page. This movie, Inception, came out in voice? 2010. That's right. Which is fucking crazy because it doesn't feel that old. And it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page... Tom Hardy, Ken Wantabe, and a bunch of other people that are <laughs> on the IMDb page. If you're not in the top five on the IMDb page, I'm not reading your name. Unless... <laughs> Come on, fucking Killian Murphy and Michael Caine are in there. Okay, Kenan, you interrupted me because I was going to say, unless your name is Michael Caine. Because okay, I need fair. you to do your Michael Caine impression right now. Go, Kenan. Hold on, you have to give me a line from Inception. Tangerine. Tangerine. <laughs> okay, how- so dumb. You're an Aussie. Hey, I Corb, don't do it. Thank you, your family. <laughs> you you sound you sound further away from Michael Caine than you do with your normal accent. Get it? Corb, Corb, no. Thank you, your kids. <laughs> okay, we're gonna stop. But regardless, this movie stars a lot of people, and I'm gonna kind of give like a pretty brief summary because the movie mm-hmm. is it's an action movie. And in order to honestly understand what's happening, you really just need to watch it because the movie is made for the action. Um, but the premise of the movie the is effects. Leonardo DiCaprio and his fucking band of cool dream thieves. Uh, essentially, they do like, <laughs> I mean, cool dream thieves, right? They right, do right. like corporate, I don't know, espionage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. They, they basically get hired by companies to go into the dreams of people and steal 
information from their brain. Mm -hmm. And the way they do this is in the movie, they have the ability to share dreams with one another. Um, So they essentially trick the target some way to making them go to sleep. They sedate them with some sort of sedative. They sedate themselves and then they enter their dreams and they are able to extract information from them. And they call this extraction. Mm -hmm. Um, So the whole point of this movie Inception is basically they're on a job that goes bad. They're trying to extract information. It doesn't work. The person they're trying to extract it from realizes what they're doing and they don't get the information. Um, they Leo and his gang of dream thieves start trying to flee the country. <laughs> Leo and the dream yeah, thieves. Leo and the dream most, thieves. The new, Leo and the dream thieves. The thief. new indie rock band with their most recent hit. <laughs> yeah. um, Leo but, and the sleepy time bandits. <laughs> Uh, but the target that they were initially after, whose name character is... His name is Saito. Okay. Saito, there we go. Who's he mm-hmm. played by? He's like not on the IMDb page. Yeah, he is. Ken Watanabe. Oh, he is. I said him. Okay, Ken mm-hmm. Watanabe. There it is. Saito. So he tracks down Leo and he's like, hey, um, I was going to murder you because you fucked up and you were trying to steal information from me, but... I have a job offer for you. <laughs> instead. Instead, why don't you why don't I make you an offer you can't refuse? Mm. So he asks Leo if it's possible to perform inception instead of extraction. And what this is is you go into someone's dreams and you plant an idea. And that way the person thinks that it's essentially their own organic idea and they act upon that. And Leo, he he basically tells Leonardo DiCaprio, who is like a fugitive from the US. Um, which will be explained in a little bit, that mm. it's the only way he can get home and see his kids. So Leo accepts, gets his band of, you know, dreamettes or whatever, the mm-hmm. dream boys, the dream, steamy dreamies. He gets them all together <laughs> and they start, <laughs> they're hot, you know, they're hot. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, JGL's there. That's true. Don't scoff at me, Kenan. No, you got it. You're good. Scoffer. Go ahead. Uh, so he acquires a group of dreamer extractors mm-hmm. uh goes to do this last job and they spend a bunch of time researching the person they're looking after he's like the head of some major company that's in competition with saito um and then the rest of the movie is basically them going into what's his name's dream fisher they're going into fisher's dream mm-hmm. and they're trying to incept an idea that causes him to split his company away from his father's empire right um, basically like disband their company they're tr- they basically spend their entire time repairing his relationship with his dad so that he can ruin his dad's company. Exactly. That is exactly what they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so for the what's going to be pertinent for our discussion about the science is that uh, one, uh, Leo is haunted by the dream ghost of his dead wife. Mm-hmm. And she essentially, there's a, it's a long story. It's not really that important to the movie, but she framed him for her murder, even though she actually committed suicide because Mm -hmm. she was delusional and thought that she was dreaming. And one major aspect of the dreams in this movie is that for the most part, when you die in a dream, you just wake up. There's a long convoluted way of how this happened, but he essentially ended up planting the idea in her head while they were dreaming that she was dreaming and she needed to kill herself to wake up. And then when she got back to the real world, she still did that and then died. So that's one thing. The second thing is that they're going to dream. The whole rest of the movie is basically a series of dreams within dreams. And they use varying levels of sedation and auditory and 
vestibular, which is like your balance system, cues to wake people from these dreams. And essentially they do this big heist to incept an idea. It's very like high stakes, people are dying, it's crazy, and they succeed. And it sort of leaves you wondering they're in reality or not in reality because the whole movie is very trippy because they're just like dreaming within dreams the entire time. Right. And Leo's like whole deal is uh, he and his wife got sucked in there for so long. She couldn't tell the difference between uh, reality and the dream. And that affected him as well. So he's constantly like checking over and over again if he's actually still in reality. Yeah, exactly. He's struggling with this concept of what his reality is. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's honestly, like, the most important stuff for the plot. I mean, obviously, the biggest concept in the movie is, one, like, the ability to share dreams, which I think is just, to be honest, complete fiction for the movie. Right. But also, dreaming within dreams um, is obviously yeah, th- another big concept. I think the other key piece, too, is that they, they uh, in order to go into these dreams at all, to, like, go into a first dream, they need uh, someone who's known as the architect, they so this person like is the first dream that they go into and that person builds the dream in order to simulate it as actual reality so that the person that they're interrogating incepting whatever has no idea that that is their reality and the person that they grab in this movie is ellen page they literally go to uh michael kine's uh classroom where i guess he's teaching um architecture and they pick up ellen page who is good and she you know proves to be decent at uh, world building within the dream so she's also involved so. I 100% thought he was teaching, like, dreamology or something. No, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's, she's literally just an architect. That makes weight. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. That makes sense, I guess, but, like... Yeah. I mean, it makes more sense than... Although, the, I mean, dreamology is is a thing. I mean, Ooh. like, dream scientists are called on, oniro, onirologists, I think. Wow. Um, That's a fancy word. But Well, sleep and dreams. Sleep scientists. Hmm. Neurologists. I assumed that Michael Caine was a professor of architecture, but also happened to be a sleepy time bandit, <laughs> or used to be a sleepy. Yeah, time like bandit. he he could he could be like a professor of architecture by day, sleepy time bandit by right. night, and he has this league of like extraordinary sleepy bandits. Yeah, the league of <laughs> yes. extraordinary sleepy bandits. He was like yeah, the original right. Freddy Krueger. Right. Like he would go to sleep and just go into other people's dreams. Right, and exactly. Just, like, fucking haunt them. Correct. Well, instead he of would, stealing, correct. instead of stealing your soul he would steal your bank account records (laughs) and your bank account records (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah perfect but okay guys let's 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 dig actual into the science all right let's do it pace i'm ready i'm gonna get my shovel out but first i want to i want to let's like us ever it's gonna be basic sometimes right Mm -hmm. like it's good to be basic and so i want you guys to tell me what you think a dream is like what is dream it's when first we have to define dream. What, is, what does it mean to dream? What is well, love? you kind of put me on the spot here, base. I guess it's like I would say it's when you're you've entered a random eye movement state of sleep and you start having subconscious thoughts. Yeah, I mean that's actually it's actually really good. I mean, because it is it is thought that like it, you have a lot of stages of sleep and one is your REM or your like rapid eye movement mm-hmm. stage, and that is. I think that's the third, the third cycle, the third stage that you will get as you're falling asleep. It's a very, very deep sleep, uh, and it is associated with the highest level of dreaming. And it is thought that your subconscious orchestrates the dream. Oh, okay. So I nailed it. Yeah, you did very good. Cool. I'm kind of upset that I didn't get to guess. 
Hey, but, Kenan, what do you think well, dreams okay, are? Well, okay, Kenan, what do you... Hold, hold on, you know, Kenan, I have a, a new question for okay. you. A harder question. Oh, well, that's, that's not fair. Gotcha. Why do we dream? Huh? Why do we dream? Oh, well, I mean, who are we without our dreams? Okay. That's, not, a, that's as- not an answer. <laughs> Everyone should aspire to something. I'm going to give that an F. I think, <laughs> no, I think... Pace, I, I think everyone should dare to dream. Is my That's my answer. That's a shitty that's, answer. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Kenan. Let me ask mm-hmm. you this. Do you think there is any evolutionary purpose for dreaming? Ooh, that is a good question. And I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot. It's just I thought it was a really cool I, like a cool thought idea. Well, I mean, and it made me think hard. The way that evolution works is you not only have to have selection for, but you have to have selection against. So I mean, if you dream because you your brain is still firing even though you're asleep, so you're experiencing all these thoughts, images, and sensations, um, no one has ever died and not been able to reproduce because they've been dreaming. So I would say that there's no evolutionary advantage, and it's just a result of of your mind still moving and firing while you're asleep. Okay. I think that's a pretty good answer. Thank you. I guess the the reason I asked is because I was like, I, I, I was thinking about this, and I, the, the idea of dreams serving an evolutionary purpose, like it's not, it's not a new idea. Sure. Like su- supposedly, I, apparently some some sleep scientists have even posited the idea that the one of the purposes of one of the purposes of sleep was like it was a threat simulation theory to where people would dream about things that they were afraid of. And then they would supposedly, this would act as like a defense mechanism where they could enhance like the neurocognitive mechanisms for perceiving threat and avoiding threat. That was an idea that people had about dreams. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we... Yeah, it's pretty bonkers. I, well, can I, can I venture to offer an example, please? Yes. Okay. Please. Um, so, for instance, I had a dream a little while back that I was on a road trip with uh, the relatives of one of my very good friends... <laughs> Uh, Sean Crossan. Um, Sean wasn't invited, and I don't know why, but I was in the backseat of the car, uh, and the two people in the front of the car were very, very upset with me for the entire drive, specifically one of them, uh, Sean's father, Jack Crossan. Uh, and I, for the most of the ride, I couldn't figure out why he was upset, and then I looked down, and I had on a t-shirt that said, Irish people suck. Um, so... <laughs> I have carried out a simulation in my head in which all of those things would happen. I know not to try and find the t-shirt you, that says yes. Irish people suck and then wear it on the road trip with Sean's dad. You you know not to wear a racist shirt in front of someone who that racist shirt reflects mm-hmm. or is targeted towards. Wow, what, what See, a helpful fucking now, dream you had, Kevin. <laughs> I've learned you, a thing. You have avoided that threat, which is being pummeled by members of a certain minority race. Well, I don't think he would be I'm really happy for you. I don't think he would beat me up. I think he was disappointed. I did text him and ask for forgiveness, and he gave it to me. Okay. So specifically, Kenan right. texted me you and texted said, him. Yeah, he he texted my father to tell him that he dreamed about him. <laughs> oh my god! I, I said I'm sorry. He said it's okay. <laughs> yeah, of course you were Kenan. fucking dreaming. <laughs> you were dreaming. Okay. My conscious is clear. All right. We just need to, In a world. I think we've bullshitted here enough. Here comes pace with some science. I think that um, there are some some uh, pre-selected topics that we have arranged to discuss about this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, was your series of questions for Ken and I leading somewhere? Is that where this yeah, is going? Yeah, yeah. Or was that just it? You wanted to quiz us. I just wanted to quiz you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I'm cool with that. Well, I thought they were fun topics. No, they were. They were. And... I- and and you know when else are we going to talk about dreams? Right? True, true. So I just thought this was a yeah. like 
uh, like an A then B sort of thing, but that's that's fine. So what topic? It's a little bit disjointed. I apologize. What, no, I mean, fine. it might have some relevance. We'll, we'll, we might get there, but I mean, I, I think that the first topic that's like directly related to the film would be the like the, the premise. It's just the idea of... Well, I mean, obviously, you can't go into people's dreams. That obviously isn't, isn't true. Okay, but I yeah. think the next like most uh, relevant thing that happens in the movie is the dream within a dream okay. yeah. idea. Yeah, I like, like that. We just get out in front and say, like, hey, you can't dream share. That's a thing for the movie. That's yeah, not a real yeah, thing. Yeah, like, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's that's completely complete fiction. But there, but it actually is, it, like, we actually rag on movies all the time for, like, taking liberties. And that obviously is a liberty in this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's so obviously fake that it's okay they took that liberty. If yeah, that makes course. sense at all. Yeah, I mean, their like, only justification was like, this is a technology that was developed by the military, and that's it. It wasn't like, we yeah. found this new science thing. It was just like, the military tested this. The military used this for training purposes. Right. Um, so the soldier, it was like for soldiers could be in combat and not actually die. But in, anyway. For yeah, threat anyway. avoidance. Um, hmm. for th- Ooh, oh, see, it all comes back full circle. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the as far as I know, and I read actually some reports from actual neuroscientists, of which I am one, but I am mm. not a sleep scientist, mm-hmm. um, that the the idea of like a dream within a dream is not realistic, nor do humans experience it. So I, I think we have to, as far as far as I know, and as far as sleep scientists have been able to defer, mm-hmm. this does not happen. I did find something about a concept of um what do they call it? It were called like waking dreams where mm-hmm. you essentially dream that you woke up yep, from I was something about to bring that up. and you start going through like day to day mundane normal activities in your dream. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. but I but I guess it's different than dreaming within a dream. Like you don't ever go like to it's sleep never the and opposite. start yeah, right. It's always waking yeah. up. It's never going to sleep again. Yeah, because right? I've absolutely yes. like yes. had scenarios where I have woken up, gotten ready for work, walked out my front door, and then woken up. But yes. I, I've never gone yes. to sleep, dreamed, woken up, and then woken up again. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think I think that's true because I have experienced that too. I think it's probably a common thing to where like for for whatever reason you if you're like prepared are, you're, to do something or like you know you need to be getting up but you don't quite make it out of the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Don't exactly. have the right kick. So. Mm-hmm. 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 Um. So like, I think that that actually <laughs> covers that topic well enough. Yeah. We I mean, like, one. so it's basically. Yeah we understand that the perception of being awake in a dream can happen, like being awakened, but it's also the levels of dreaming are just not, there's no science to support that. Sure. So. Right. Correct. Well, and, Correct. And the other thing that like this movie tries to prop up is no, not just the idea that of the dream within a dream, but within the movie, they replicate the process by which they are putting people to sleep in, yeah. like in, in reality, which also doesn't yeah. work because no, it um, doesn't. The the imaginary box with the imaginary brain molecules that they have inside the dream doesn't do the same thing that the real box with the real imaginary brain molecules does. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. It it's a little weird, like how they can just sort of like manifest items in dreams, which like makes sense. So, okay. Should we talk about lucid dreaming next real quick? I think we should. I, I, was, I was actually going to lead to that, Sean, because that like kind of begs the question as to what is possible whenever you are aware of the uh, you are aware that you are dreaming. 
Okay. So, I mean, I think we should talk about what lucid dreaming is and like how it differs from maybe from what was seen in this movie. Yeah. Okay. So I think that, uh, that most people have heard of, maybe not, but I know that this is not like a science thing exclusively that the concept of lucid dreaming. And so just as a quick summary, what lucid dreaming is, is it's just being aware that you are dreaming while you're still dreaming. Right. So right, right. if you're asleep and you, there are apparently like two common, like more common ways that this will occur. Either one, something extremely unrealistic happens in your dream to the point where it makes you realize that you're um, dreaming, that it's not possible. Right. Or apparently what happens a lot of the time is you will wake up and then fall back to sleep without really becoming fully conscious, but it's enough to sort of shake your perception of dreaming and then you enter back into the same dream again. And a lot of times when that happens, apparently people are aware that they're still dreaming. So right. got it. Right. there are... If you look up lucid dreaming, there's a lot of science and non-science about it, but based on the science end, this is an actual phenomenon that occurs. People can yeah. legitimately be aware that they're dreaming and because of this, modulate some of the aspects of their dream. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and like, I think that like a lot of what you say, Sean, a lot of it is probably anecdotal evidence, but it, there's a certain point to when the degree of anecdotal evidence accumulates so much over time that it begins to kind of gather the attention of scientists. And I think that's partially what led to, you know, the, the, the establishment of, of what we do know about, about lucid dreaming and yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, it, it, uh, it actually occurs. We, we complain a lot about like self-reporting, but I mean, realistically speaking, like self-reporting is, uh, is definitely inaccurate in some cases, but a lot of the times things that people report as anecdotal evidence, the only reason they remain anecdotal is because we don't have the capability to measure whatever the hell people are feeling or what's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. Exactly. A lot of times when, it, yeah, that's a good point. When like a mass of people start saying like, Hey, this is having this effect on me. Someone will either test it or not be able to. And if they do test it, they either say you're full of shit or yeah. um, <laughs> that's actually correct. But because so when I was looking up lucid dreaming, there are some like actual scientific papers on it. And there are also a lot of like websites with like guides of how to make yourself lucid dream, which aren't necessarily based in science. But from what I found in the scientific papers, apparently the way they were able to do some sort of test. And again, I am not a sleepologist. I have literally no idea about any of the testing procedures they've used, but they've done something where they can basically, uh, I believe they showed like images to people prior mm -hmm. to dreaming and are able to monitor their eye movement during rapid eye movement sleep. Yeah. And they were able to get people to signal with their eye movement that they were like cognizant that they were dreaming basically. So nice. they were able oh, to okay. like train people to be like, you're going to go to sleep. You're about to be dreaming. Here's some stuff you should dream about. Like trying to get the person aware of what they are going to be dreaming about by just like exposing them to a series of images and things like that. And then getting them to signal during the dream that they know they're dreaming. So I know that sounds very complicated and obviously like, I have no idea how to critique the methods that were applied because I sure. don't, I'm just not trained right, in it. Right. But the point is that scientists are actually developing tests in order to confirm that lucid dreaming is a real thing. So, yeah, actually it's, it's neat that you bring that up because uh, one of the things that I found 
um, while trying to look up lucid dreaming. And I think this will take us into another topic that we're about to discuss uh, was this uh, scientist at Stanford University uh, a while back. His name is Steve Stephen Labarge. And in 1980, he actually set up this technique as part of his uh, doctoral dis- dissertation where he gathered a bunch of lucid dreamers, uh, prearranged a series of eye movements as a specific signal for like the beginning and start of a test within a dream. So what what they actually did is he hooked them up to what's known as an, elect- an electrooculogram, which measures eye movements. So the lucid dreamers were able to move their eyes while sleeping to 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 give signals back, basically to uh, people who were recording it. And what he had them do was signal, count to ten in the dream, and then signal again, and then they would wake the person up. And they actually noted that the amount of time that passes that lucid dreamers experience within a dream is basically the same as time passing regularly in in the waking world. That is really cool. And a very, very good segue into the next topic, Kenan. Hey! Because... I think that's a good idea, which is... Which is the time dilation in dreams, right? Right, exactly. That's like a major component of this movie. Absolutely. I'd say it's fundamental because their lives literally depend on it. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I found, I found similar things, Kenan, which was, I, I think I read a different report than you did, which is only, which is a, just a simple, like dream diary sort of, mm-hmm. sort of study. But like, but yeah, apparent, apparently, uh, whenever like dreams were measured, like in real time, like while, while someone was sleeping versus like the time they perceived to pass in the dream, they were actually just they were very very close. Oh, they were roughly uh, within the same. like within within a few minutes. Yeah. of one another. So and and that makes sense to me because like the the thing about dreams it's not that your perception of time is that much different. It's that the things you're dreaming about aren't bound by yeah. the physical limitations of the world. So like if you're building dreaming about building a building, you can do that in a dream time because you're not like actually sitting there building it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I, yeah. I, well, I was going to say, I think the key, you hit the nail on the head by saying the key word perception is that like one of the reasons time feels differently in a dream is because most of us aren't lucid dreaming. Like we're experiencing yeah, lots of different exactly. things, all these different like firings of different areas where we have our brain where we, that produce different sensations. So it feels wildly different. But when you're lucid dreaming, you can't perceive time in a different way. Like, right. Your brain how... perceives time in yeah. a, the way your brain perceives time. Exactly. Like, so yeah. if you're like lucid that doesn't change and you're aware, then you're just aware of time the way that time moves. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. Like it's all about your perception of the world around you. Right. <laughs> it is. Sure. It is. Well, and, and that's also not to say that like you couldn't have a dream where you might perceive you, like, the passage of time might be slower, but like, for example, let's just say you have a dream and something happens and then you're in the same dream, but it's a year later. Mm-hmm. But the subjective time that you had in the dream, even though like chronologically in your dream, it was a year later, the way you experience the dream is still about the same as re- as like as real time. Yeah. You know, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because like, you're essentially making a story in your mind, but right, it's not your brain's actually filling in gaps. living it. Yeah. Your brain's filling in the gaps, which yeah. is... Yeah, okay, so that that's a pretty good point because in this movie like they make the claim, right, that your brain works like what did they say like a thousand times faster or something? Yeah, or something while similar. you're sleeping. 
they were like your it's brain like an hour activities. to five minutes and then yeah they were like your like brain f- activities increased by like a thousand times so five a minutes in the real fold. world is an hour in the dream world right and yeah. like yeah that's a major concept they use because every time they say that every time they go into a dream within a dream there's a time dilation basically where right. like you experience time and it compounds upon itself. Right. Exactly. So right. by the, by their lower level, they're like, we're going to be in the dream world for like a day, even though it's 10 minutes in the real world. Yeah. They said something like what, like 10 minutes is 10 years or some shit like that. Like in the, in the third dream, like within the dream dream. Yeah. It's yeah. really, it's very, it honestly, like they say all this stuff, but then it also kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah. based on like the plot of the movie because mm-hmm. like time still moves mm-hmm. really fast at the last dream level they have like an hour yeah yeah but True. anyways yeah um, well they, they say that they have forever but then like i guess between like the fourth level the third level and the fourth level level which is quote-unquote limbo they do they still do everything really quickly and so yeah. like <laughs> right so actually so you mentioned limbo i was thinking we should also talk about um they uh the dying in the dream and waking up and going to limbo yeah i agree with that so a major part of this movie is limbo and being anesthetized or sedated during a dream right so when they talk about in the movie when you die in a dream normally you wake up and for most of the normal dreams and that are portrayed in this movie that is what happens if something major happens and you die you just wake up from the dream um but in their dream within a dream within a dream within a dream, they have this problem that they put forth that in order to be in this level of dreaming, they have to be heavily sedated. Right. And so this brings up two things. The first problem is, can you even dream while you're anesthetized, like while you're sedated? Yeah. Um, and it was thought for a really long time. There are some like a lot of scientific articles that you can't, dream while you're uh under general anesthesia because you're not actually sleeping you're just unconscious right and recently i actually found some publications that have found that people actually can dream when they're going under anesthesia but most of these dreams occur within the first like 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes when they are going completely under and coming out from the anesthesia. Uh, so apparently your brain can enter like a sleep-like state and you'll actually have dreams, um, which hmm. is pretty interesting. So you can dream while sedated, but the way they describe it in the movie is that they're so heavily sedated that they can like stabilize their dream matrix or whatever. And it, right. it doesn't seem like that would be a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also the, they've invented so. this concept of limbo, which is like, if you die in the dream and you can't wake up, you're in limbo. And to be honest, I'm not going to talk too much about this. Cause they just say, it's like you're trapped in your subconscious, which I don't yeah. even know what the fuck that means. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's definitely fake. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's, it's well, like, it's definitely f- it's like making the presumption that you're in a coma and you're dreaming while in a coma. Yeah, I mean, I think the part about being under under sedation is weird because Sean, you said that people were experienced dreams during the like the initial 15 minutes they're putting being put under, and then the 15 minutes where they would come back. Yeah, to I mean, approximately right? like exactly 15 minutes, but it's thought that when you're going in or out is when you're really dreaming. Right. So that makes me think that during that time, the in between stage when you're not dreaming then because there are like certain areas of your brain that do need to be necessary to be active while you're dreaming it makes me think that even it's even able to sh- the the 
sedative agent, whatever it is, is able to actually it's to suppress activity in those regions as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is actually kind of scary. Um, well, I mean, but well, it's it's also the weird thing about this whole concept in the movie is that they're like, yeah, like when you die while you're dreaming and you can't wake up, you're stuck in this weird dream space. But it's also you. I'm pretty sure you can sleep without dreaming. Like yeah. you're not dreaming the entire time you're asleep. Wouldn't you just, just be asleep Correct. and not dreaming? I don't understand why. Right. Why would you get lost in your own mind? Quote. Yeah. Unquote. Why can't you just stop dreaming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's pretty yeah. weird. Or, right? or at least just be in a, in a persistent stage of sleep where you're not dreaming. Cause again, dreaming is only like one out of the predominantly happens in only one out of the five stages yeah. of sleep. Well, so, especially like yeah. they're anesthetized. You would presume it would happen just like normal anesthesia. Like you just wouldn't be dreaming anymore. You'd just be anesthetized. Yeah. But, right. Exactly. Yeah. But anyways, Kenneth. Yeah. I feel like you had some cool concepts that you found online that you should tell us about. Yeah, I did. So I, I was trying to find, um, we talked a little bit about this earlier with the concept of dreams sharing and whether or not you can do that. And I think we've already pretty much hit the nail on the head of saying that like, Linking two people together in order to dream the same dream is utter bullshit. Um, but I did, while searching, find actually the study that was done uh, and published in Science in 2013 by this group in Kyoto, uh, where they basically tried to see if they could record or detect visual imagery that occurs during dreaming. Um, and mm. I, I won't spend too much time on it because it's a whole lot of like... Uh, repeat experiments where they did like machine learning and they had a person go to sleep and they recorded their uh, fMRI fMRI activity patterns and then the person woke up Which and said brain activity I saw this and this happened and there was this thing and they went back and they tried to like map that they fed all that information into uh, what they effectively were calling a decoder so that when a person said I saw this thing they would try and find that within that dream or within that uh, fMRI readout and then teach the machine that that means X or that means Y. And they did this enough times okay. with enough people and where they could be like very roughly record or say like, okay, this is what the fMRI pattern looks like here. That probably corresponds to this. And then after enough times of that, they were able to sort of like get a rough story of what that person was experiencing while they were dreaming without asking the person. Um, and we're able to awake, awaken a couple people and say, hey, did you dream about this? And the person would be like, yes, that's exactly what I had to dream about. So, huh. It's pretty cool. So they were basically taking images of their brain activity and like making a story out of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's really just a correlation of what your brain is doing with what you experienced. And this kind of goes back to what Pace was talking about where you can like feed a person images and then see if they dream about it. But there's also been other experiments done by other groups where you monitor brain activity while showing them specific images and you can map the way that their brain changes and way it, the way it functions during that time to those specific things. Neat. Yeah. Well, that actually makes a lot of sense because one of the one of the brain regions that's most active while you're sleeping mm -hmm. is the is the visual cortex. Yeah. I mean, shockingly, while you're dreaming. Uh, so it actually, I mean, gosh, now you make me want to read more about that. But, um, but there are. It's not just like it's not just the visual cortex. Like while you're while you're dreaming, this makes me think of like certain areas that are predominantly active while you're dreaming, mm -hmm. and and those that are also that are not active. And we've talked in the show before about how like the prefrontal cortex, which is like your like critical thinking, problem solving logical part of your brain mm -hmm. right that like is very very active when you're awake 
you dream the most whenever the types of brain waves that come from that region of the brain are the lowest, least frequent. Huh. That's when you that's when you dream the most. Um and it kind of reinforces the idea of actually something the movie got right, which is whenever Leo says, you know, the, the subconscious is motivated by emotion and not logic. And, and based upon what we can tell about which brain regions are active, that's true because also limbic regions are active. And the limbic system is basically responsible, like the amygdala and regions like that, drive human emotion. Interesting. And it's, hmm. it's also why whenever you wake up after a dream you can feel very emotionally connected to what happened in the dream, even though you can't like rationally explain what happened in the dream. Right. Right. Like, you can you wake up be... and like angry at a person who hurt, who hurt your feelings in the dream. Yes. Like you could yes, be so correct. emotionally connected that you actually like text message your friend's father that you dreamed about. Yes. Just to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. Like you could like do that. that. Yeah. You could do that. And the funny thing is, my wife, Lauren, will tell me about these dreams that she has where, like, where we, like, you know, like, things she's afraid of. Like, we, like, break up or, you know, something happens. Like, like I die or something. Right. Or I, I, do, I do something to piss her off. And then, she, and then she'll wake up the following morning and she won't talk to me for a few hours. I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> what's wrong? I don't, I don't know, but you're and she's, a real And then she's dick. like, and then she's <laughs> like wait, I had a dream about you. And I'm like, oh, it was one of those dreams, wasn't it? And then we go back to normal, our normal daily lives. But it just goes to show you how little logic is involved in your actual dreaming process. Yeah. I, I really do like that because it, it does also harken a little bit to what, what they talk about in the movie where uh, you have to continuously fool the person to thinking that they're not in a dream and the more things that you do out of the ordinary you know if we if we want to hand wave a little bit for the movie because that's what we do like when they see things out of the ordinary maybe they're engaging a little bit more of that prefrontal cortex and becoming more logical and thinking about what they're experiencing and that brings them up yeah. out of the dream yeah i yeah. i would also be interested to see how the activity of the prefrontal cortex the logic center changes in lucid dreamers versus I feel like know, in my dreamers. cursory searches that there was something about people having more active prefrontal cortexes while lucid dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that makes complete sense. Which so. does make sense. Yeah. Now that you've explained yeah. how dreams work. Now that you've opened my eyes, Pace, or maybe closed them. Open your eyes mm -hmm. or close them. What's inside your head? Okay. I'm gonna stop. Okay. okay. That's good. Right. That's good. That's beautiful. All right. Wow. Thanks. Oh, okay. should we should we rate this bitch? I feel like we. I need... think it's time. Yeah, I guess we're here now. <laughs> oh boy, it was uh, it was a uh, interesting segue into the rating space. Yeah, it was a lot. I had a lot of fun with that. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Maybe Pace should just go first. Yeah, Pace, do you want to just get I get some of that, that energy out? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. I can do that. Okay. I, I think that um, uh, the science in this movie, I'm going to give it a solid okay. three. That could be kind of high. I'm going to call yeah, a little bullshit bit. on you. But yeah, <laughs> that's fine. But. Listen, you're but, a neuroscientist, so I'm going to yield to your opinion here. Nah, I mean, I think that I've maybe focused on the things in the movie that they like. I was like, oh, yeah, that's like kind of like a role for the dreaming. And actually, there is one thing. Okay, I, I think that there's... Okay, this is how I will justify my rating. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of aspects in the movie that are clearly science fiction, like dream within a dream, 
inception extraction those are all fake ideas made up for the movie they're obviously not scientific right but i think there were also a lot of cool things in the movie that were right um and one of them we didn't even talk about which was how uh, ellen page's role her she's playing the architect she's initially learning how to do this and she's with leo leo dicaprio mm-hmm. and they're talking about how in dreams how you never really realize where you got to where you are in the dream mm-hmm. um and that's also absolutely true uh, in, in the way that dreams manifest themselves. Like that's a trigger for how you know something isn't real is if you don't know how the, the origin to which you got to that point. Um, and there were just kind of bits and pieces like that, including the as- aspects of how the, sub- so the subconscious drives dreams that were actually scientifically accurate. Um, compared to a lot of the other, other movies we watched, I feel comfortable giving this one a three out of five. Um, entertainment? For uh, for the entertainment, I'm going to give it a five. I really liked it. Nice. It's a really good, it's a really good movie. Nice. Um, I, th- I mean, I think that as far as I know, nothing like this had been done before. Um, and despite despite being a two and a half hour long movie, it yeah. benefited from the time dilation of dreams. It seemed like an hour and a half. So um, yeah, I liked it. Okay. That's cool. Sean, what about you? Um, so for the science, even though Pace, you do bring up a good point. Like it is, there are some things in the dreams that they got right, probably because everybody who's a human has experienced dreams. So it's not just research based. It's actual first, firsthand experience when they're making the movie, but I'm still going to give it a one out of five because I think that the science was very, very not there and also fake. That does not mean that the movie was bad because you know, you don't need good science to make a good movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) I'm going to give the entertainment a five out of wait, fuck a 10 out of 10. (laughs) I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. (laughs) And I'm giving the science a 1 out of 10. Coward uh, before your um, god! <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, I mean, like Pace said, it's it's a long movie, and it doesn't feel that long because it holds your attention the whole time. And if right. you stop to think about what's happening, you're like, wait, what? But it's actually very good. So. Yeah, it is. Kenan, what about you? Yeah, uh, okay, so I'm going to be quick. Uh, I'm going to give the science a 2 out of 5. Um I think right. that there was some interesting stuff in here that did harken to actual reality, but I'm going to kind of push back on what Pace said a little bit, and I think a lot of what they said in here that was like, oh, you know how you've never got, like, you don't know where you uh, started in a situation in a dream, or you know how dream, uh, time feels differently in a dream. Yes, those things are true, but they're not, like, they're not scientific things, really. They're kind of just like, yes, that is that is a real thing that happens, too. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like it's a a tidbit of science. It feels more experiential. Right. It's like a portion of the human experience. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, what is science but the observation of the natural world around us? Well, it's also true, basically. Science but magic that we understand. Um, And then I'm (laughs) going to do, for the entertainment, I'm going to give it a four out of five. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, But I feel like because of who I am as a person, I have to be a little petty. Uh, It's too fucking long. It, <laughs> yeah, it did drag a little bit. It's yep. only really long when you're trying to watch it to record a podcast on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not that bad when you just like watch it. But I do remember coming yeah. out of the movie yeah. theater when I saw it when it came mm-hmm. out and being like, "Oh my god, it's like midnight! What the? Where the fuck was where, I? Where like, did time yeah, go? Right? Was I dreaming? Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I hope somebody out there who is uh, a little bit more." Um, uh, data inclined can go back and look at some of our ratings and how long movies are and see where our ratings fall uh, on a sliding scale with the length of a film. 
That would be useful information to have for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, maybe we'll have that someday. We'll see. Maybe. Perhaps. You guys want to do some questions? Let's do yes, it. Please. Let's do it. What we got? All right. We got one from Facebook, and I let's believe hear. we have one from Twitter. Do you guys want me to read the Facebook one first? Or? Let's, let's yeah, sure. do it. Go for it. All right. So this question comes to us from Michael Crossan, my uncle, friend of the show. Thank you for your question. Thanks. Um, so he basically says, one of my favorite scenes is the hallway fight on the second dream level as the truck is going off the bridge. The actors are fighting on the ceilings and walls. Does the brain take into consideration the position of the dreamer's body or motion of the sleeper's body? Uh, also, can you read text in dreams? So sort of a two-part question there. Oh, um, I'm going to say no for the first one. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at that too. Like, I don't think that... Like, while things happening in the real world, like, having to pee can sometimes make you think of, like, water and stuff in your dreams, I don't think, like, falling and dreaming would make your dream feel like you're falling. That's, like, a really weird... Because that would mean that you're aware that you're falling and also not waking up, which is not how dreams work except for in the movie Inception. So I I was going to say, I've also, like, experienced in dreams the need to either jump or the uh or the experience of falling and have not woken up from that i think it's honestly more likely it would be the reverse like you would dream about jumping and then kick your legs in real life which or I've something like that and yeah which i've definitely done too so yeah, yeah. um right. and then can you read text in dreams i have honestly i have no idea <laughs> i don't yeah, i don't know if i've ever read in a dream i don't think i have but i don't have any science behind it at all i just pace do you know anything about this i've definitely read in dreams yeah um but i don't know how common it is to do so yeah that's fair i i would say that maybe it's like everything else like if you're able to object recognize in a dream although reading text probably comes from a different place like that literacy comes from a different place in your brain i would assume that it's pretty similar yeah or it could even be a like a factor of you perceiving that you're reading something right reality yeah yeah Dreams are complicated. Like you're not um, using your eyes to read, but you're also not exactly. using your eyes to see in your dreams. Exactly. So. Right. And you're not exactly. using your mind because your prefrontal cortex is down. So you're reading with your heart is really what's happening here. <laughs> you're reading with you're your reading, limbic you're system. You're reading with your heart. You're reading with your dick and your balls. Whoa. What? I thought we could make it the whole show without nope, talking. Sure didn't. Make the whole show without making a dick joke. Well, like sure all didn't. I all I pictured was just like <laughs> a dick with those fucking with, glasses, with glasses with the on. nose yeah, yeah. and the mustache. Uh, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. with little yeah. arms that come out of the base of it that are like oh, turning yeah, pages. Yeah, turtleneck. <laughs> yeah, and then the glasses <laughs> fall off and they break, and your dick goes no. There was time. No, I can't read this. This this beautiful text of war. And <laughs> there was peace. time now. Oh my god. Oh no. Uh so um, thank you for your question, Mike. Yes. <laughs> Thanks thank for your, your question, question, Sean's uncle. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Um, um we, we do have one more question, and this is come this comes from Bartholomew Hoffman, patron of the show, friend of the show. Thank you, Bart. Um he says that lazy people need eight hours of sleep. Uh I tend to function best on about five hours. Oh boy. I also rarely remember dreaming. Is there a correlation to this? Um Bart. Uh, I think you need to change the way that you think about this because the vast majority of humans do need seven to nine hours of sleep. According to sleep scientists, they're not lazy. They just need to sleep. Yeah, Bart. Uh, that's normal Step and healthy off, bro. People. But, Bart, um, there was a scientific article that came out uh, from the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences, a highly uh, respected journal. What's the journal um, name? 
uh, PNAS. <laughs> um, and this article uh, came from a lab that identified in a family of humans, um, as in like this trend seems to be genetic, that they tend to only need about five hours of sleep. Um, and actually, it's not just this family. Like multiple families have been observed throughout history that only need between four and six hours of sleep to function adequately. Uh, and they actually identified a particular gene called DEC2, D-E-C-2, uh, that all these people had, this mutation, um, because it apparently affects the production of a, a hormone that regulates wakefulness. Uh, I'm not going to get too into that, but essentially, Bart, what I'm saying is that you probably are a, a mutant. You're basically an X-Man. Um, mm -hmm. But your power is that you need less sleep than other people, and you are probably part of like the 0.01% of the population that, that has this. And, and this lab is attempting to continue to identify more genes that result in this. I will say you're one of the sleepiest people, or at least sleepiest sounding people I've ever talked to, though. So I don't know if you're, That's true. I don't know if you're right. Dude, That's a good point. I would do many things to get that power. When I get seven and a half hours of sleep, I feel like I'm fucking useless. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I need eight hours of sleep or I'm like a walking zombie. And like two cups of coffee. Like eight hours of sleep, two cups of coffee, I'm good to go. Sean's good to go. Yeah. Mm. Um, there was one other portion of your question, which was, what makes me remember my dreams and how do I get canon out of the only one that I do remember? Mm -hmm. Um. I certainly can't Ooh. help with the Kenan part because I also suffer from that issue. But um, Kenan's like Larry I, the Cable I will Cougar. Say, <laughs> <laughs> I I will say that it's the the reason that whenever you do remember a dream, I would imagine it's because it had some sort of strong emotional component to it, um, to where it was it was something that you in your subconscious deeply care about. Aww. In other words. You deeply care about Kenan. So there there's also sweet. Uh, dream logging is an actual thing that people do to try and become better at lucid dreaming too. Because they, if you wake up, you generally remember most of your dream right when you wake up. And mm -hmm. if you log the things you remember, um, then you are more likely to recognize them while you're dreaming and realize that you're actually dreaming. Right. Because, because people have yeah. repeat occurrences a lot of the time. You're directing your attention more closely to to what you're dreaming. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to reinforce the memories of the dream. So, yeah. Which also works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, thank you, all question askers, for your great questions. Yeah. Uh, thanks thanks to everybody for listening and asking questions. For sure. They help make our show great. So, boys, question of the night What movie are we watching next? Okay. Kenan, you asked a great question. What the hell are we watching next time? Yeah. You guys ready? I'm excited. So I, I want this one to be special because our the this episode is going to air fucking in two days. So on the fifth, uh, but the episode after that is going to air uh, three or four days after Father's Day. So I think, boys, I think we got to do this one for the daddies. That's a we should do this one for do the daddies. Do it for the daddies. Yeah, this one should this one this one should be for the daddies. And uh, let's hear it for the dads. There's one there's one daddy who uh, supports this episode or this this podcast pretty strongly, and that's that's Sean's daddy. Uh, you gotta stop saying daddy. <laughs> it's really weird. It's weirding me out. Sean, Jackie, can, daddy. Yeah, Sean, can you tell us what your daddy said that we should watch? Uh, okay, so my father, um, <laughs> who is essentially our podcast father, because right. he's listened to the show for a long time, but he suggested that we watch The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, <laughs> which is a 1984 sci-fi fantasy oh film. God. 
I've never I'm seen so it. I'm so ready. But we're going to fucking do I'm it. I'm so fucking excited to watch this movie because there is absolutely nothing relevant to our podcast in it. <laughs> Why did my dad suggest? Is he trolling I us? I don't know. I will say, though, it's got a lot of... It has a lot of uh, real science favorites in it, though. Um, Jeff Goldblum is definitely in this. Um Ooh, so is John. Good. So is uh, oh oh that's another daddy. Uh, 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 Bigfoot daddy John Lithgow is in this movie. Um, John right, Lithgow's right. in it. Yep, all right. Yep. And, th- and there's also Christopher Lloyd. So perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can get on board. All right. I'm ready. Cool. So yeah. So we are going to do the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension for our next episode. And I think we should also thank our patron Matthew Lacari, otherwise known as Boogs. Yep who suggested uh, Inception for this episode. So thank you, Matt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Boogsy. I, I, will, I will say, uh, because I don't know where any of you are going to find it, but The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension is available on YouTube, Amazon Prime, and iTunes for basically $3. So I'm sorry that you have to go pay for a movie, but, you know, is what it is. It's very... We do, too. <laughs> yeah, us, too. So, yeah, we do. So. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> very much it. worth it. <laughs> Listen, this is how the world works. We rent movies, okay? Capitalism. We don't steal. We don't pirate movies anymore. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We are uh, upstanding members of the American That's society. That's true. Uh, if you guys... North American society. If you guys want to get us questions, uh, you can hit us up on, at our email at realsciencecast at gmail.com, on our Twitter at realsciencecast, on our Instagram also at realsciencecast, or on Facebook where Sean lovingly crafts beautiful entries into the cyber, cybersphere uh, for your beautiful eyeballs to read. He does. Wow, thank yep. you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also thank you to Otis McDonald for the use of his song, Third Eye Blimp, as the intro and outro to our program. Yeah. Otis McDonald, thank you for personally giving us permission to use that song. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. He was kind of rude whenever I asked him, but he still gave us well, permission. Well, he said, so. <laughs> he said this, better, this better be a good podcast. And we said, well... And he did. He said, you guys aren't going to talk about Toy Story Garbo nonsense, are you? And we were like, well. Dicks that read books, are you? You know, he let let off with that. And then I think it's a a proud accomplishment that we took over a year to do it. That's true. We held off for as long as we could. um, Yeah, we did. You're right. Mm -hmm. We earned it. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. My name's Kenan Smith. Okay. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you guys. Go ahead, Sean. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm Michael Pace. You, you don't, don't need good science to make a good movie. movie. But it sure, but it makes, sure it makes it better. better. Why are you wow, doing this that to me? perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pace, do you want to say anything first? That's very good. Will also, and I can, if you want, I can send you this link, Pace, so you can post it on the Twitter. Um, but I went hunting for more Toy Story story ideas, and I want you to know that I, oh I won't spend God. too much time on this, but I did find an <laughs> yeah, entire yeah, yeah. forum full of Toy Story fan fiction. So that doesn't surprise oh, me. At oh all. wait, what is at the bottom? It says written by James Kenneth Smith. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. I, if you'll go on there, you'll be able to find uh, my Toy Story fan fiction uh, titled "The Reign of the Vikings." <laughs> and that's where Larry the Cable Guy dresses like a Viking <laughs> and takes the toys on a fucking adventure. Yeah, to raid the English. Yeah, to raid. <laughs>
to pillage. <laughs> oh, those fucking Danes. What are we going to do?